The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it Thursdays here at Tail Bar City Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. And we are loaded up, plenty of football thoughts. Scott Frost tomorrow uh, as uh, he'll kind of assess the first week of camp. Today, the Big Ten Network crew is in. And uh, their takeaways shortly. Brandon Vogel in 20 minutes, Coach Gary Barnett in one hour and excited our friends from pick six pre pick six previews uh brett ciencia is going to be with us in the second hour and uh, we'll get some of danny's dimes the pride of chicago danny burke with us before we say goodbye numbers to get in four six six three seven seven six four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five can email chris at hailvarsity.com or uh, hook us up on Twitter at Schmidt underscore Radio. Chris Schmidt, give us a follow. Or at Hale Varsity, at ESPN Lincoln, and at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. So you were doing something with the door in there. You were doing your best Jim Carrey impersonation where you were uh, just viciously open and closed, swinging the door back and forth. Do I need to ask you what you had for lunch? Were you trying to create some airflow because you couldn't stand it in there? Um, well, it, was, it wasn't one of those situations. Uh, I was really just testing out the hinges. Uh, you know, there's there's a little squeak in them, and I was hoping maybe I could get the uh, the squeak out. But but mainly, I'm not sure what happened in between the uh, like two weeks ago when it was really hot, and now because like two weeks ago the air conditioning in here was working great. I was like feeling cold, like like the <laughs> the hair on my arms was right. standing yeah. up, and like this week I am just dying in here. I'm not sure if like someone plugged in a heater in here and didn't let me know or if like we got like something covering up the the ac or what but hey, it it's is fall, like, it's fall camp dude it's at least 10 degrees warmer it's in here it's fall camp it's maybe, gonna maybe be it's hot a shirt i'm wearing maybe it's gonna it's just... be sticky it says <laughs> run the damn ball i like it so what does the big 10 network have to say revson and howie and uh, uncle jerry who's the new guy uh joshua perry josh perry michigan dude does that sound right I literally, whenever they announced that he was on the tour, I was like, I have no idea who That's this guy so is. That's so disrespectful because he's really good. Yeah, uh, he's a little before my time, I think, maybe. He's not before my time, but it's not it's not hitting. and that's Oh, he's 27 years old, and he uh, was at Ohio State, drafted okay. in 2016. Right, so Josh Perry. So not line, before my time at all. Linebacker out of Galena, Galena Ohio, uh, 46 pick overall by Seattle. There we go. There's his bio. So Josh Perry, good dude. That uh, does a nice job. But uh, just a quick little Twitter video by the BTN crew as they gathered around the hotel uh, today before they took off for Champagne. We'll talk with Coach DiNardo 
tomorrow. Get his assessment here. But what uh, what they think of the Big Red? They got to see Nebraska full pads uh, go at it today. Dave Rebson, Howard Griffith, Jerry Denardo, Joshua Perry, stop one in the books, year 15 of our Big Ten Network. Now you're right. Year one. Yeah. It's a 1-1 one, one field. The first ever tour stop. Yes. You, you, should, you should be on your so when we started. Yeah. <laughs> you should go first. Biggest takeaway that bless yourself. Oh, going first, that's a, that's a big deal. Yeah, and responsibility. Let's just kill this because it's making me nauseous. Yeah, they, they re- decided to record that in a room with just... Bad Awful acoustics. Echo. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was a big room with flat walls and hard surfaces. Nothing, nothing to absorb all that sound up. So let me just give it to you. Uh, one, uh, immediately with Nebraska's practice today, the Big Ten Network crew observed good on good. Like early on practice, it was a scrimmage. It was one versus ones. Don't know how many plays, but uh, the thing that that stuck out to them and they see everybody right and they've seen uh, a lot of nebraska over the years 10 years plus and jerry's been on the show for 10 years plus and it's been uh you know from the bow era to the riley era to the now the the frost era and the the thing that they said is most impressive to them or some takeaways. One, physicality, right? They look like a Big Ten West team. And Nebraska has gone to work not only in the strength and conditioning side of things, but also in the body types they've tried to recruit and bring in. And you see it at receiver. You see it on the offensive line. You see it on the defensive line. So that that is good. Uh, there's a comfort zone with Frost and this team. I think it's pretty evident when you hear players continue to talk. There's a comfort level with one another, not one another. I don't want to overdo and hammer you uh, with the, the chemistry and and playing for one another. I mean, all that's obvious, but to be truthful, you can talk about it, but it feels like, or it sounds like, you got to see it, but it sounds like they, they are doing it. I think that, uh, that dreaded I in team <laughs> there is no I in team. I think you've had past teams that had a lot of a lot of eyes in them. Just part of the transition, right? Part of part of things that happen. Uh, this could be the the best team Scott Frost has since he's been here. And they also mentioned just how how good Adrian looks. Yeah, and it it comes down to I mean the same things we've been saying, and that he looks slimmer. Uh, he looks more athletic. He looks faster. And uh, from the little video Dave Rebson put out on Twitter today, which you can go find on his Twitter, uh, he had some zip on that ball over the middle to Austin Allen. Down the seam, uh, one of those passes that, like, I'm used to seeing Adrian kind of float in there, a la that Ohio State game whenever it tipped off the, the hands of Wandale Robinson into the, the waiting arms of Jeff Akuda. I'm so used to seeing Adrian kind of try to loft in over a defender, and uh, he showed today he's got some zip down the field. Uh, that ball was on a rope down to Austin Allen, and uh, it looked like a good 50-yard touchdown. So No, and, and Austin Allen is is going to be a big focal point of this offense along with Vokalek. And don't forget, you know, a guy that, I don't want to say he's been forgotten about, but he's been switching spots, and that's Chris Hickman, right? Kid out of Burke, and he is 6'6", and he can fly up the seam. And while he's not as as big as as Allen and Vokalek, you know, weight-wise, about 215, 220 for Hickman, 
he could be kind of a sneaky Kyler Reed type weapon for Nebraska that they just get on on vertical routes up the seam, up the middle of the field. So Nebraska's got uh, two beefcakes on the end uh, with Vokalek and and Allen. You can flex either one of them. They have in the red zone in past seasons. And then you can also work Hickman in. So you do have a, a three-option uh, three 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 person personnel option with tight end, but, but yes, tight ends. Adrian, the zip on the ball, all that stuff is very real right now, and it kind of comes back to uh, Adrian Martinez as being one of the the stories, not only this spring, but just how he's kind of worked on his body, but also where his comfort level is. And people talk about headspace a lot, and and that was pointed out not only by Adrian himself last week after media day, but it's been kind of reiterated this week uh, by his teammates. So, you know, when we talk about uh, this Nebraska football team, and we'll get into this with Coach Barnett, but the the inconsistency that has plagued this team uh, when it comes to focus and miscues and penalties and turnovers, uh, a lot of that is, is, A, wanting it too badly, B, feeling like it's John Wayne time and you got to do it all yourself. And and a third element of, th- of this is is trust, right? There's been, I don't know that there's been a lot of trust in, in who I'm throwing the ball to or even is there trust who I'm handing the ball off to, right? And we can even go a step further. Do you, do you trust your offensive line to, to kind of set the tone in past seasons to be able to just run it run it and keep running it, run the damn ball per your t-shirt and then make the defense finally shut your run game down. So it looks like all of these things that have been floating around may be kind of coming center focus for the first time in the frost era. Again, it's got to be seen Saturdays, but Elijah, if, if we throw out the, the question about hopes and fears about Nebraska football, you know, what are your hopes? What are your fears about this 2021 season and a real simple question to Nebraska fans as uh, you know, three weeks from Saturday, it's go time against the Illini. What's going to make you happy? What will make you happy this year as a Nebraska fan? It'll be kind of an ongoing theme throughout the show today. But if I'm going to, if I'm going to put my, my big red hat on circa 1999 through 2001, you know, what would make me happy with Nebraska is, A, they're, they're competitive in every game. They're dominant in a handful of games. But when push comes to shove with me, when I look at this schedule and I look at the first six and I look at the backloaded part of this schedule, as, uh, you know, we, we've laid out our schedule for Real Red Reaction postgame show. I mean, it's a mother, but it's, it, it could be a lot of fun. It could be an absolute lot of fun with the way the schedule sets up. Or it could be 2017 all over again where you're like, dear God, there's no break in the schedule. Everyone's got a little number next to their name and there's blood in the water and we're the ones bleeding. So I look at what would make me happy if I'm a Nebraska fan, obviously a 5-1 and one start through through 6 and give me a 4-2 and two record. Because I think it's fair to say through six of the 12 games, and you can go circle them yourself on your garage schedule, 
there's going to be three to seven to ten point ball games. Period. Right? You're gonna you're gonna have games with that range of of point differential. That's what's going to be a reality, I think. Unless Nebraska plays well above expectations and and goes out and and drills some teams, or the the other way kind of tips and they get beat by a couple of touchdowns or more, right? To me, if they, in their schedule, if they can go four and two in some of those one-score games, I think that's a winner. That's an absolute winner. That would make me happy as a Nebraska fan where, all right, you, you beat who you're supposed to beat, you're four and two in those kind of coin flip games, and you're competitive, where, all right, you beat us by a couple of touchdowns, you beat Nebraska by a couple of touchdowns, 17 points, or it's a closer than the score indicates 42-21 type deal against an Ohio State or an Oklahoma, right? There's, there's lots of ways to measure progress. Uh, wins are the ultimate way to measure progress but also what you look like and how you play uh, when we get back to that focus, those miscues and the penalties. Uh, Nebraska going 4-2 and two in one-score games, that'd put a big old smile on a lot of Nebraska fans' faces. To me, it's about protecting the home field. Uh, how well are you doing at Memorial Stadium? How many times, I mean, last year's an exception because there weren't fans there, but you look at that Illinois game at home, unable to protect the home field. How many times has Nebraska in the past four years sent – the home fans home unhappy. Uh, I mean, when you look at a home slate of Fordham, Buffalo, Northwestern, Michigan, Purdue, Ohio State, and Iowa, you got seven games there. Give me five and two will make Go me six and one. Five and two will make me happy. Even four and three, I'll be satisfied. I'll be like, all right. But if you can go five and two in those home games and say you win two games on the road, I'm still happy. That's still going bowling and you're looking good uh, in front of the home fans. You're, you're kind of making Memorial Stadium a fortress again. And uh, I'm not getting embarrassed sitting in 40 degree weather at Memorial Stadium. That's the worst thing ever. When you're sitting, you're cold all game and you get embarrassed. I don't want that. I'm tired of that. So that is code for my buzz is gone early into the contest. I can't keep warm. And uh, that, uh, that, that honey that was snuggling with me in the stands She'd seen enough, and she took off to go find a tailgate. So, hey, I get it. You, you act like I'm, I'm focused fully on the game. There, there's going to be no woman around me at a Husker football game. I, <laughs> this football team is my woman for the next six months. Look at you. <laughs> Look at you completely committing. I've taken my wife to two games in her life, okay? We've been high school sweethearts to college to – engaged to to married it'll be carry the one 18 years here this fall by week september 27th and that's when we got married by week um san jose state was supposed to be on the schedule i got lucky so she went to iowa state blowout night game and she's like this is boring they're killing him so you know it's like well you can hop off to the to o street go get some Go get a fishbowl or, or head to, uh, to Liz- do whatever. Go, go where you want to go. I will, I will catch up with you. I'm not leaving early. And then Respect. I, I got her a um, – <laughs> she was a non-broadcasting student interning for ABC. And she had sideline passes for the Nebraska-Notre Dame game. 
because she was interning with me for ABC. And like, you did all your stuff Thursday, Friday, just get out of our hair, say the executive producers, go to the field and just watch, watch the game. Your, your work is done here. So we watched the, the Notre Dame-Nebraska game pre-9-11 uh, from, from, from the field. It was awesome. So those are her two games ever. Iowa State, night game blowout, and then Nebraska smokes Carlisle Holiday and uh, the Fighting Irish the last time they were in Lincoln. I feel like that's probably like the key to a successful marriage between you guys is her just not coming to Husker football games with you, not seeing you get all mad on Saturdays. I don't get ticked. I don't care anymore. I mean, I care. <laughs> I, I care uh, as far as what we provide coverage-wise. But as far as, you know, stomping around after a loss when they lose one game every four years, doesn't happen anymore. And a lot of Nebraska fans, I mean, they're they're numb to it too. I mean, there's there's... The old Kool-Aid card, right? You don't drink the Kool-Aid as as much as you used to. At least there's that feel going in. But I think this team could be all right. We'll talk with Brandon Vogel next on Hale Varsity. And we're back. Fellas, I think we could listen to the radio. On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes! That's awesome! Thanks for spending time. Hale Varsity Radio on a Thursday, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbo, we welcome in. Managing editor with HaleVarsity.com and magazine. He wrote a great book with a guy named John Cook, Dream Like a Champion. Brandon Vogel with us at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter. Vogues, what's up, man? How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? We're good. We are good. We're uh, making our way to, uh, to real football. Week one of camp is, well, not over, but you've had uh, X number of practices. You had some pads today. You had a review from the Big Ten Network. And overall, with the news coming out of, of practice here, you know, what are some takeaways you have? What, what's kind of piqued your interest? Just a, an overview of, uh, of, of what's being said and talked about that's kind of piqued your interest. Yeah, you know, we're all kind of going going through the the balancing act of of, of how much Kool Aid is is too much Kool Aid for for a day. So that that feels familiar. Uh, but I would say, you know, the the talk yesterday around Adrian Martinez uh, was was certainly intriguing. And it, it feels like you hear these sorts of things every year, but. If if that plays out, and I mean he does, you can just look at him, and he he does look slim down, he does look different, um, and if he feels comfortable, you know that that would be a very good development for Nebraska. Of course, it'd be a very good development for any team with their their three year starting quarterback. So that caught my eye. Um, to get super detailed, Sean Beckton yesterday mentioning a seventy yard touchdown pass to Chris Hickman was my moment of kind of a. Uh, unbridled enthusiasm, you know, talk about a 70 yard touchdown pass up the seam, uh, reminded me of the, the option days. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my, uh, pet prognosis for, for Nebraska, at least on offense is they need some, they need some big plays, especially in the passing game. So if, if, if those things come to pass, and I will say that the wide receiver group plus the tight ends, uh, Matt Lubick, who was, was certainly effusive with his praise for that group yesterday, um, you know, there's there's some reasons to be optimistic there. So what 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 jacked you more as a kid growing up in Nebraska, a la the option pass? Was it Johnny Mitchell or was it uh, Matt Harrion? 
Uh, I, I probably watched more of Matt Harrians, but Johnny Mitchell's pretty pretty tough to beat. Um, I mean, that's a guy who, in, in that offense, I mean, these option offenses, you, you frequently see them and you look at their kind of yards per pass numbers, you're like, geez, why doesn't everybody just run this offense? And they might only have 12 or 13 catches on the year, but four or five of them go for touchdowns and you average about 18 yards a catch. So, if you could be patient, uh, you, you could do pretty well. But, but Johnny Mitchell's one where you look at, like, if he played in today's game and he was in, you know, kind of a classic spread offense, man, would he have been uh, – I mean, he, he was an enticing prospect anyway – but it would have been kind of off the charts for him in, in today's game. And, and you know, Johnny may have averaged 39 a catch, and I'm exaggerating, sort of. But, but uh, Gerald Armstrong just said, hold my beer, you know, 12 career catches <laughs> for 10 career touchdowns, and that was pretty good. And, and Nebraska threw the ball from time to time, right, in the red zone, even when they were covering every quarter, let alone game. Uh, red zone scoring's been on my mind, and you've got big targets at tight end with Vokalek and Austin and, and, of course, Hickman. But there's something to be said about being able to to physically pound somebody inside the five and get a, get a rushing touchdown. And I'm excited to see who that candidate is, Vogues. Uh, not that you can't run quarterback counter. I, I do like it. Quarterback draw has been very, very good to Nebraska. It's just been... It's been called a lot, and uh, yeah. you need you need some help in the running game. Are you worried about the unproven skill that that is there? That okay, let's sort out who's a one, who's who's a two in the running back room, and let's uh, let's rotate the six wideouts or more. Right, that that Lubick talked about yesterday. We haven't seen a lot of these guys do much for an extended period of time. That said. The uh, the eyeball test at least is is much different. Yeah, I would say it, it gives me pause more with the running backs and the wide receivers at this at this early stage. Um, you know, they've they've gotten a different type of wide receiver in, and you still got to see them do it. But I think they've got a nice kind of complement of size and skill types. And you know, if you can run four, five, six guys in there consistently. Oh, and by the way, you've got two tight ends that you feel you can do just about anything with, well, you know, you got a lot of options there with, with the run game. And I think part of the reason you, like like all the rest of us, kind of feel like you see quarterback draw or quarterback counter or some version of a quarterback run down in the red zone specifically is because Nebraska just hasn't been able to consistently hand it off and know it's going to be able to continue to like finish those drives off. And, you know, it's it's a it's a pretty big issue when you look at the numbers. Um, I'm always a little hesitant with red zone stuff. Like I, I think one of the biggest issues is Nebraska's Nebraska's field position has been trash for for most of three seasons. Um, so it, you know, we've seen this as an offense that can gain yards. It's just they have to go so far to even get to those red zone attempts. And when they do get there, a lack of a kind of consistent handoff run game hurts. You can alleviate some of that, I think, with just some individual pass catchers who can who can win one on one. But what you'd really like to be able to do is just run your offense down there, or or better yet, score from thirty yards out occasionally. That that would work too. Brandon, the way I see it with the run game is you got five pretty experienced offensive linemen, uh, and then you have two tight ends in Austin Allen and, and Travis Vokalek, and I see that as seven guys putting 
seven hats on, on the defensive front seven, I mean, that kind of does lead to a mismatch whenever you run that zone read and the quarterback taking around the edge. That leaves Adrian one-on-one with the safety. I mean, do we think he's going to be, like, running the ball that much less this year? Because uh, it really does seem like he's worked on his ability to run the ball, dropping some weight, looking leaner and looking faster. Um I guess at the end of the day, is it a bad thing if we show up week one and Adrian is still getting a lot of the carries? Um, it would it would give me pause. I don't know if I would be concerned about it. Now we get six, seven games in, and his carries per, per game still look the same as last year. I would venture to guess that's not a Nebraska offense that's quite operating as, as well as it could be. Um, I, I, I think there's been too heavy of a load. Like they've had to call those quarterback runs because other stuff wasn't quite working as well as it had. So you're right. Like you don't want to not use one of your best weapons, but if you can get down to the red zone and then pull out those, those kind of mismatches, those numbers advantages you can create with the QB run, then great. Like if, if all of Adrian's carries come when Nebraska is kind of trying to finish off a, a scoring opportunity, That'll, that'll work. Uh, but to do that, they, they would have to rely on him less to get there. So I guess that's kind of where the, maybe that's too fine-toothed of a comb. But that's where I'd see the breakdown. Like For me, for Nebraska's offense to incre- increase its points per game, I almost think Martinez's carries probably have to come down a little bit. Um, you still want to use him, but less wear and tear, less opportunity for fumbles in particular. Which, which we know is an issue. So I entered the season thinking it has to come down somewhat. Brandon Vogel's with us, managing editor, HaleVarsity.com and magazine. His book, Dream Like a Champion with John Cook. You focused a lot on points per game. Uh, Dave Rebson, uh, in his, you know, his farewell from uh, Husker camp, touched on just Nebraska's point total. Uh, per season this last year, 22, 23 points a game in the Big Ten's not going to cut it. What's what's a number? I ask you this every year, and I, I, I'm i wondering what, when you assess the roster and the experience, what's, what's a feel-good point total, or points per game number in the Big Ten? Um, well, if you can get to 34 points, in, in this league, 34 points a game, you're, you're probably going to win at least eight games, maybe nine. Um, I, you know, I don't have a number off the top of my head, but I was looking at, at that the other day and just kind of going back and seeing the teams that have, have done that have all kind of been um, like, I think it was eight and five at, at worst, you know, so that's, that's including a bowl game in there, but that's like a .667 winning percentage. You sure take that at Nebraska right now. It's going to be tough. So the, the the math on this gets a little bit interesting because how much you know normal in a normal season to off season to new season trend uh, kind of pathway. I would look at last year's and be like, okay, well they're at this. What's realistic to get to? Um, last year's was so low, but it was also conference only play. So you got to factor that into. If Nebraska could get to 34, and, you know, they're right around 27, 28, 29 in the two kind of full seasons we had prior to this, that would be making a pretty big jump. But I think it's a doable jump if, if things go well, if that offensive line is as high ceiling as it looks to me. If you get two or three of the kind of six wide receivers 
who, who are going to see regular snaps to to really pop. And if if you find a, a, a solid running back, maybe two that are going to really carry the load for you, I think thirty four points is is doable. It would be hard to get there, but I think that's the number you want to try to get to. I just listen to some of the names we've touched on offensively. Allen at tight end, Vokalek, uh, assuming Omar keeps rocking, right? And then you've got uh, Toure and Betts. That, that's a lot of options to just chuck the football, let alone maybe you settle on a back or two that emerge. You can get to 34, but folks are just kind of tired of waiting for it to happen. <laughs> what, I mean, they, they, they've got to do a better job of just, just finishing drives off. Like, we've seen this offense move the football, and, you know, we talk all the time. That, that's kind of the thing with Nebraska is, like, there's, there's no easy fix when you look at the offense because it's a little bit of, of everything. But last three years on, on drives that cross the opponent's, opponent's 40, they're, they're 11th in the Big Ten in, in points per drive. On those drives that cross the 20, they're 13th. I mean, that's, that's not going to cut it with the way they play defense. Now, on, the, on, on those drives that cross the 40, Nebraska's numbers are almost identical to Iowa's. But, but what's the big difference? Iowa might give up 20 points a game and play top 10 defense nationally year in and year out. And, and Nebraska's defense hasn't been that. I don't know if it's like you take it, of course, but I don't know if the way it's designed is, is meant to be that. I don't think the offense is meant to, to help the defense mm. in that way. The offense is meant to put points on the board, and it, and it hasn't to, to a degree that it really needs to. So those are kind of the options in my mind play. You hope the defense is better than last year. It's consistently improved, but it's not going to jump up to probably top three, four in the, in the league. It just, you know, there's, there's teams that play differently that are more likely to have those kind of numbers. Nebraska needs to make up the difference on offense. Brandon Vogel. Vogues, this was awesome. We'll check in Saturday. Thanks for the time, bud. Thank you. Chime in, 402-466-ESPN, or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me, try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, it's Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We'll get back to college football, Gary Barnett, in uh, hour two. And uh, Brent Sianza is with us pick six previews what's his take on nebraska where do they stack up in the west danny burke pride of chicago burke's best bets also in our two four six six three seven seven six eight hundred eight two five five eight six five i would make you happy as a nebraska fan for 2021 football thoughts not give me a lottery ticket i need a new jag or uh, my uh, my significant other's 10 years younger. Okay, can't do anything about that. What's your wish list for Nebraska football? What would make you happy uh, as a Nebraska football fan? You can email chris at hailvarsity.com. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. So, you know Bill Belichick's the ultimate control freak. You know Bill Belichick is legendary for being Mr. Grouchy uh, with press conferences. If if he could, he'd absorb the fine and keep on walking. And the look on his face, the tone of his voice, before you even hear his answer to this question today at Patriots uh, PR Day, uh, you knew this was going to be 
good in a horrible way. Coach Belichick, hi. Um, are you concerned about the weather ever? How do you how do you deal with with Mother Nature? Yeah. Well, again, whatever it is, it is. Uh, I can't control that. So, <laughs> looks like the field will be wet. If it rains, it rains. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Um, you know, if it's hot. It's hot. If it's not. Then that's what it is. So, you know, it's the every, every. It's really nothing's changed. It's just good fundamentals, good ball security. Um, you know. Like being aware of of the conditions that we're in um, can be significant. You know, a little more focus on looking the ball in and so forth. But you know, ultimately, the game's played against you know a competitor, and so you know, we're not out there playing the weather. Where the offense is competing against the defense, and defense is competing against the offense, and you know, all we do is you know worry about keeping our hands dry. Then. It's probably not going to be a lot of good results. What is this Mother Nature opponent you speak of? It's man versus man. And Coach Belichick has no time to discuss Mother Nature. Well, do you remember that that game? It's probably 10 years ago now where it was at uh, Foxborough and the Patriots were playing the Titans in the snow Mm -hmm. and the Patriots ended up going out there and they were up like 35 at half. They ended up winning like I think 49 to three or something ridiculous like that. And that's why that's why right there, because Patriots practice outside during training camp. It doesn't matter if it's raining. The weather does not matter. You are going out there to win a football game like it, it, it's the most football guy answer to say is like, oh, like we don't care about the weather. But at the end of the day, he believes it. Yeah, you're going to have to play football in some bad weather sometimes. Oh, you're going to have to play a lot of bad football in, in good old New England, nor'easter weather. And uh, his first trip to, to deep into the playoffs came after a monster snowstorm in the old tuck rule. So I, I think it's hilarious that he didn't lose his mind. One day I'm waiting for him to flip the table and go after a reporter and just grab said recorder and and, 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 and stomp out recorder. I'd love to, to get his inner thought going, initial reaction to a question that he absolutely hates. Like the, uh, remember the, 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 uh, the Barack Obama anger translator? That uh, the Key and Peele sketch <laughs> yes. they did, yeah. Whereas, like, here's the Brock's answer, and here's what he actually means. Bill Belichick needs that. They need that, like, at the press conference. They do. And with Belichick and and the weather question, and it's gonna be hot, gonna be cold, gonna be. I mean, he he's just got no time for it. But I think it's quite funny. It's quite funny for him. He's sitting there. He's staring you down, and his tone. <laughs> his tone's priceless, and it's been priceless for for two decades. Part of that is why folks can't stand him. And the other part of it is, you know what, the way he answered it, a football guy is going to nod his head and say, why are you asking me about the weather? I got nothing to do with it. Can't control it. I'm not in a dome. Better take care of the damn football and, and not worry about our hands being slick. Just go play ball. Make sure your footing is, is appropriate. Make sure you got the right cleats. It was pretty good for him to just – go off without going off. I'd like to see him raise his voice and lose his mind at some point with, with the line of questioning. Do you think he'd be the type of guy, I think I know your answer, but do you think he'd be the type of guy to complain if his team came out wearing sleeves in pregame warm-ups for a, for a cold-weather game? 
I, you know what? I don't think he has a sleeve rule. Well, I mean, he's out there wearing hoodies, so. Yeah. Well, but, I'm, but he's not playing. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember Richard Seymour really not ever in sleeves. He doesn't care. He, he's just, go play and, and get the job done or I'm going to cut you. That's fair. And, and you're going to take the hometown discount come time to resign you because we're going to win. And they've been pretty battle-tested over the years in weather. I mean, think of their last Super Bowl with Brady and Rex Burkhead against Kansas City. You know how absolutely frozen and frigid that game was at Arrowhead for the AFC title game? New England didn't care, neither did Kansas City. But uh, they were able to uh, to survive it and, and score a lot of points despite iffy conditions. Now, it, it's one thing to go play, and it. it's another thing for a fan to sit through it. <laughs> <laughs> and those, my friend, have over the years have been 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 very memorable. A because you're still trying to get feeling back in your toes, but B some pretty memorable ball games uh, uh, over the years. So Belichick uh, not having it, not too concerned about weather, and the still shot from ESPN.com. Belichick's been crashing allegedly on the couch in his office, getting ready. He's got a he's got a. a can of Folgers. He's probably got a sweet roll. His desk is a mess. And and he's just on loop, been watching films. It sounds a lot like Kanye West down at uh, Mercedes-Benz Superdome in, uh, in Atlanta. Have you heard any of that? I have not. Where he, uh, he had his little album release party there like two weeks ago now. And uh, he essentially said, I'm not leaving until I have this album 100% done and ready to go and out like for sale out on streaming. So uh, the uh, the staff at Mercedes-Benz Superdome set up a room for Kanye West in the stadium for him to, to complete album work on. It's just like, you've seen like pictures and videos. Of There's Kanye a hammock. There. It's, just, it's just There's a ficus stuff. in the corner. Last night, Kanye just posted videos of him doing push-ups in his room. Why not? <laughs> It'll get 50 million views. Vic from Denver, our old friend Vic that visited us for uh, the spring game. As well as College World Series. Yeah, it was good to see him at, uh, at Zipline. His wish list is this. <laughs> An 80% reduction in stupid mental mistakes by both the players and the coaches. Uh, item number two on his wish list. See item number one. Better football, Nebraska football, tough football. That will easily get Nebraska to the postseason. One more thing that would make Vic happy as a Nebraska fan. I would like to drink to celebrate instead of drinking <laughs> to drown my rage. <laughs> well done, Vic. He speaks for all of Husker Nation, I think. He speaks for a lot of big red fans. We'll wind down Hour 1, Gary Barnett. Hour 2, shortly, it's Hale Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. You know, I'm thinking over that, what would make you happy as a Nebraska fan this season? Selfishly, it'd be pretty cool to see Nebraska put like a 50 spot on Sparty. And then I could just blow up the final score and hang it in Junior's room that's covered in green. With all that Spartan crap he has. Uh, Let's go to Paul on line one with Hale Varsity Radio. Paul, go ahead. Thanks for calling. Hey, guys. uh, What would make me the happiest... I know that it's been a while since we've truly been that far ahead to just be able to kill out the clock and go into the victory formation. But I've seen it a couple times with someone, please, the coach Frost, 
but the victory formation does not involve a shotgun snap. <laughs> Paul, let me, let me say, how many under center snaps have you seen him take, though? Like very, very few compared to the shotgun. I don't care. There's a more chance that you're going to fumble the ball in a shotgun or have a problem with a center that has problems with some shotgun snaps to just gingerly put it right between his legs to a man who's right there to get it and have two other players right behind in case there's an issue. Well, And the thing is, it's not like this offense has never done an under center no, snap. They, I remember the Ohio State game a couple sure. of years ago. They've also been able to be in the victory formation. It just doesn't happen a lot of Saturdays. It not just, at all, yeah. So, Paul, don't get me wrong. I love my Huskers, and quite frankly, I'm probably one of the few people that thinks we are in a good shot to take the West this year. Paul, I, you know what? We're not going to burn the tape. We'll uh, run this back come uh, the first week of December and say Paul called it. I hope so. Hey, man, thanks for calling. Appreciate hey, it. Have a good one, guys. There he is. Paul says victory formation under center. There you go. We can add a little caveat to that, like backup quarterback in said victory formation. Right? Adrian's been eating hot dogs for two quarters because it's a, it's a big lead. Sounds simple enough. Uh, Gary Barnett will be with us here in about 10 minutes, get his take on a, a lot of things uh, with uh, Nebraska and the college football season on the way. And a guy who's been the most accurate when it comes to predicting results, pick six previews. You've seen him. You, you probably follow him on Twitter. Uh, Brett Sianza is uh, good stuff. We talked to Brett a couple, three times a year. He'll be with us in about 30 minutes. Then the Pride of Chicago's Danny Burke, Burke's Best Bets. I'm still stuck on Vicks. I want a drink to celebrate, not to drown out my rage. There's been a lot of, of reaching for that cold one because, man, you need something to hold the tears up. Yeah, and it's even tougher with uh, Fox's big noon kickoff because it's like 3.30 p.m. And I go, well, man, like, <laughs> I know if I keep this going the next seven hours. <laughs> I, I don't know, but uh, you'll, you'll give it the old college try. Uh, plenty of NFL Hall of Fame game tonight. You're going to have the Cowboys and the Steelers. You know, this is probably the, ra- the last hurrah, the last ride for uh, Big Ben with Pittsburgh. He's been in the league a thousand years, and it's incredible with uh, all he's accomplished. I know there's a lot of Husker flavor in Dallas. Of course, Gifford's down there. You got Farniok down there, and of course, Randy Gregory uh, at the defensive end spot. So, Dallas, Pittsburgh, football's here. Yeah, you can let out a, a loud roar for that to celebrate. Football's here as long as they paint the field with the correct paint this year that isn't too sticky. You remember that from that, last year? Did, did that cause a cancellation? Yeah, they had to cancel the game because the midfield logo was like too sticky and it caused a safety yeah, issue. It's no good. No good. All right, hour two on the way. Tail Varsity Radio were presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. 
Back to it at Tower 2. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We'll uh, catch up with Gary Barnett in uh, just a minute. Uh, excited to spend some time with him here shortly to talk some college football and uh, get his take on things uh, with Nebraska. And uh, we'll also get the Pick 6 previews take on the Big Ten West. Brett uh, Ciancia is going to be with us. He does just an incredible job with uh, previewing. And he's got a rundown of the West. Danny Burke will join us, the Pride of Chicago. Burke's best bets. So one of many things to emerge this uh, this fall camp for Nebraska has been an emphasis on the role of the tight end uh, playing a bigger role in 2021. And uh, you've got guys that are really apt to explode and have a great final season uh, with Austin Allen, uh, 6'8", plus uh, able to, to get open. He's shown the ability through different points in his career to make some big-time catches. Saw on Twitter uh, just a wonderful grab he had in traffic against Iowa uh, on the sideline, a couple of moments against Ohio State, and with what Lubick wants to do, uh, he wants to to make tight ends more of a um. <laughs> okay, uh, we're gonna we're gonna get the the phone number figured out here. How's that sound, Elijah? Uh, the mistyping uh, of coach. So we'll get we'll get the right number. That's not on you. Coach is calling an audible at the line of scrimmage. Back to the tight ends, though. Uh, Listen, you've got body types, you've got traffic, and you've got a quarterback that can put the ball where he wants with time. And that's a wonderful recipe here, potentially, for Nebraska to amp up their scoring. Uh, Brandon Vogel outlined, look, get 34 points a game, you're on your way to an 8- or 9-win total. Typically, if we talk uh, what scoring output uh, and what that equals win-wise for a lot of teams in the Big Ten. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Numbers to get in can find us uh, on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio. We welcome in the coach with Northwestern in Colorado, Gary Barnett with his coach. How are we doing today? Chris, it's getting close to this big rib cook-off. I'm getting a little nervous. Oh, Coach, I, I got to go with the, the build-up, the lead-up. Have you picked out the, uh, the, the baby backs yet? I've got the baby backs. You know, I, I've got 24 hours to make a decision. And I'm, I'm watching the barbecue channel, you know, which is that's not a good thing to do. It's like I read Golf Digest before a golf tournament and always come up with something that might work and it never works. And so I got, I got to settle down here, you know. But uh, we've got the trophy all picked out. And, uh, you know, Church isn't playing golf on Saturday morning. We always play with golf on Saturday morning. He's not playing. Mm. And so now I'm getting really nervous. Okay, so let's relate this back to football without getting into too crazy a detail. Did you have to go through a similar process before they're all big games, but before the really, really big games with with not outthinking yourself? 
Yeah, exactly right. And uh, as you know, when I was with Coach McCartney, he did a lot of that, <laughs> and I just didn't like it. Then I found out I was the head coach, and all of a sudden I start doing that. I'm going, oh no, I can't do this to these guys. But yeah, you'd always think, you know, you, you don't you turn over every stone all the way up until kickoff, and uh, you know that can drive you nuts. Or you never know. You think it may find you, get you a first down that you you need in a game like that. So yeah, it's the same process. Well, I you know I'm not going to be able to uh, to make it out uh, tomorrow. I was I should say for Saturday. But will you send me a pic or send us a pic of of your ribs if you go with the wet or the dry rub and and of course the the winning uh, slab of ribs. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll give you a picture of churches, and I'll give you a, a, a churches, and I'll give you a picture of ours, and then we'll see who wins. So. That, that's pretty awesome. That's pretty good. The the great Coach Barnett ribboff is underway Saturday, and uh, you are a rib perfectionist. You are a guy who loves to smoke ribs, and that's that's really cool, uh, Coach. I, I'm interested uh, with. A lot of things here as we talk fall camp and we look at Nebraska and we look at college football in general. Take me through the mental part of the game. We kind of just touched on it, but I'm interested in in you know that aspect of of Nebraska football as they go into 2021 with the the the, the there's some noise, there's some pressure, there's always internal pressure in your own standards. But just getting your team's mind right with with the confidence aspect. Yeah, and you know, here's what you do: uh, you, you say, "All right, who are we?" Okay, you talk about who you were last year, uh, the changes that have been made between last year to this year, and then you say, uh, "Where are we going?" And uh, you establish where this team wants to go because you've talked to all your players. You let them know what that is. You you discuss it briefly with them. And then you tell them how you're going to get there. And um, you outline your plan at that time. Now, part of that plan always includes the 90-10 concept. The 90-10 means... 90% of our time was going to be spent on chasing our goals and our dreams and 10% on internal issues. If we can do that, we will have a really good football team. But the minute that 10% goes to 15, 20, 25, or 30%, meaning that those leaders let internal issues creep into your locker room, into your situation, then all of a sudden your chances of being good are reduced almost 50%. So uh, you, you really emphasize that, and you want your team to play very businesslike. You don't want them to be high. You don't want them to get too low. You know, you want them to operate at the same level all the time emotionally, and you drill it in and you talk about it the very first day. You also put as much responsibility as you can on the players because it's their team. It's not Coach Frost's team. It's their team. Where do they want this to go? Here's what they have to do in order to do that, and that's how you're going to get there. So 
you know that's that's your first meeting, your first practice, and your your theme as you start the season. That's a good theme. Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, a thought on the red zone. Nebraska's spent uh, more time or earlier time, I should say, in, in their practice. At least that's been told to us by a couple of the assistants uh, working on the red zone. Nebraska doesn't have a problem getting into scoring territory, crossing the 50, crossing the 40, getting inside the 20, and even closer to the goal line. But when it comes to cashing in and finishing, uh, that's something that they need uh, need to go right for them. And you know how hard that is in the Big Ten against Big Ten defenses and D coordinators. You know, what was kind of your philosophy? How did you go to work on any red zone problems you may have? And obviously you want to you want a bread and butter play down there uh, to to make it a little easier. Well, Chris, and that's a problem that every mediocre team has, and and so um, you know it's so important that you cash in exactly right. You're exactly right. Uh, but and you said you want a bread and butter play. You want a bread and butter series. You want something that they don't have to think about. That they know whatever adjustment the defense throws at them, they know what to do in that situation. And you you have it built in so that you practice it over and over, and the guys get confidence. And it's it's you should be able to run it without even like the whole series, the three or four plays that you've got in the series down there. And so you don't have to huddle it. You. They know you line up and you run it, and um, you know you you don't get to run it every game. You get to run it every other game or every three games, and of course you you know after a couple of games you build in a few wrinkles here and there. But it's the confidence factor that's really important down there. Coach Gary Barnett's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio, and, and coach for years in the Big Ten, it felt like the bread and butter plays were ISO power, the, those classic I formation running plays. Do you feel that that shift in the Big Ten towards you know the the bread and butter plays being zone reads, RPOs, like how, how the Big Ten is just changing uh, as we are getting into this this new era of college football? Yeah, a little bit, but you know, it's it's yeah, your safest play is still a quarterback carry, and it's one of your your key plays. I mean, I I really believe that on uh, um, inside the red zone and on third and shorts that it's really hard to stop the quarterback because you always have an extra blocker when you run the quarterback, and the the key play in the red zone is the first down, and uh, so I think short yardage. And I think in the red zone, first down especially, that you see and should see a lot of quarterback carries in those situations. You have. And you've got a great guy carrying the football there. Well, you do. And Adrian's been good carrying the ball. Now, the ball security side of things has, mm-hmm. has been a talking point, And that's just uh, quarterbacks, the more they carry, the more they have a chance to cough up because, you know, they're not usually getting drilled. Uh, in practice, right? So, what, what's your take on on how you'd use Adrian? Let's let's just take Adrian back to an offense you had at Colorado or Northwestern. Would you put a a, a pitch count on him running the ball this year? Probably not. No, no, I, I don't think I would. I mean, he's a competitor. He's an athlete. He's learned a lot in the three years prior to this. Um, He's hard to stop, you know. Uh, it, the ball's not heavy, 
And so I, you know, and he wants to run it. Yeah. And so I, no, I you just getting you just getting confident that that he's the key in in short yardage and in uh, uh, goal line situations, especially. Uh, first down in the red zone, and so no, I wouldn't put a pitch count on him necessarily. You can't do that on a quarterback that's uh, uh, his caliber and uh, the kind of offense that you have. Uh, so no, I don't think I would. Now, you know, as the season wears on, I might think about that, but but no, not initially. Initially, he's my guy, and until one of these tailbacks prove that he's a lot better runner with the ball than Adrian, uh, Adrian's going to get his shot. Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. The great Barnett rib-off on Saturday. We're talking Nebraska preseason. Take me through that as, as a coach working through uh, and trying to pare down to a, a, a go-to number one and a, a nice number two. There, there are guys to pick from at Nebraska, but no one's uh, stood out over the last couple three seasons or been able to, to take it and run since Divina Zigbo is is it uh, stressful trying to, to figure out the, the trust level with a freshman or even a, a grad transfer you've played both uh, upperclassmen and 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 uh, freshmen at that running back spot of the skill spot well I don't know that you always know coming out of camp uh, what you've got. I, I, for example, 2001, Chris Brown, uh, we finished camp and he was probably number three. But he did have two runs in camp where he ran through a, our entire defense. That never happens in camp uh, because you're usually playing against your first defense. But, um, you, you know, I, I think if you – if you approach it a certain way that that all three of you guys are going to play and you're all going to be critical uh i don't know if you need a one two punch um you just play the player that gets hot sometimes and um uh, they all know that they're going to play they're all you know play the same position they all get the same coaching and then you've got to you know share the reps with them and especially early on to find out who the guy is for for each kind of play because for example 2001 Cortland Johnson was an all conference all big 12 tailback and he was probably our third best tailback but he was so good in third downs and with screen passes and things like that that he became a really valuable player and ends up being all conference Chris Brown and Bobby Purify weren't so you know you 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 play to their strengths a little bit as much as you can does matchup does matchup also speak to absolutely yeah. you know we went to k-state and we knew that was going to be a heck of a physical game uh and you know chris brown just we gave him the ball almost every time because he was a big physical back and that's the kind of game it was so yeah matchups have a great deal to do with it gary barnett coach how'd you shoot today you know i had a great first nine and the second nine wasn't so good i, I had to practice for about an hour and a half <laughs> So that I could sleep tonight. <laughs> I'm sure it was it was pretty solid, <laughs> Coach. I want you to have a great rib off on Saturday. Enjoy the ribs, uh, make folks smile, and uh, and win that uh, that trophy. All right. Yeah, well, the trophy's a farting pig. So uh, I'll, I'll send you a picture. Of the, uh, maybe I can't say that on the radio. You're but fine. Whatever you I just did. <laughs> a farting pig. Where do you where do you get those? 
Amazon. Is that where, yeah. <laughs> they have everything. Amazon, you can get it. Yep. <laughs> well, uh, good luck with the pig <laughs> and uh, and smoke them ribs. Uh, All right, Chris. Have a great one. You too. Take care, Coach. Appreciate Bye-bye. you. There he is. Gary Bardet with us. A farting pig. That's going to be proudly displayed on the mantle. I just you know, I remember the stupid fish that would sing to you from the old Sopranos. And then there was this this parrot that we got my dad for Christmas one year that would mock and repeat. Uh, not a real parrot, thankfully. That would have ended up in the microwave. Uh, pick six previews coming up. Hail Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And now. And now. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. We are closer and closer to kickoff. Nebraska, Illinois, a few weeks away. A pick six previews do an amazing job. College football's most accurate Power 5 preview going on nine seasons consecutively. We welcome in Brett, Brett Ciencia with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. Brett, it's been a while, bud. Good to be good to be with you. Thanks for the time. How are you? Yeah, thanks, Chris, for having me on. I'm excited to talk some football here. It's been a very dramatic offseason with all the uh, you know the NIL, the transfer portal, the conference realignment. So I'm just excited to be talking football here in a couple weeks. No, football will be good, and uh, you've gone through it. You've gone through the the Power Five, and Brett, want to just dive right into your assessment here with Nebraska. And as you look at the West this year, is this West stronger, more balanced, weaker? I mean, how do you how do you kind of ballpark it? I mean, Iowa and, and Wisconsin are still uh, the, the the big boys to knock off. Yeah, I think that's right. I think it's a two team race at the top right now. Um, they're the most proven programs within the division right now, and and they kind of have that same formula that works. And they know what works in the Big Ten West. It's uh, big, powerful offensive lines, uh, physical run games, and then uh, you know defenses that do their job too. So um, you know, great coordinators, great player development. Um, and now both Wisconsin and Iowa are starting to see their recruiting profiles increase, too. So um, I think they're both legit top 15 teams at the top. Um, and then, of course, the rest of the division, they're all able to strike up and, and have a surprise season. It's just we haven't seen the consistency. Uh, teams like Minnesota, who in 2019 were excellent but took a step back last year, and Nebraska, who, as you guys know, they've been so close um, at 17 games during Frost's tenure, have been within one score. And uh, they're coming up barely short. They're 5-12 and 12 in those games. So you can tell they're close. Um, I say this a lot. If they could clean up those turnovers and penalties, a lot of those close losses would flip the wins. So, um, you know, they're very close for a breakthrough as well. That's been a focus uh, for Nebraska, the turnovers, the, the penalties, and the, the red zone, Brett, with Nebraska. That is some people that math, and you get a little bit cleaner, uh, with with the penalties, you get a little bit better in special teams. Maybe your defense takes even another jump forward with the experience coming back, and uh, it could be a, a you know a better season in year four for Scott Frost. You know what are you intrigued about here as you drill down a little bit further on Nebraska? What do you like about this squad, and then what are some of the question marks you have? Yeah, so there's a lot to like, really. I mean, we'll start a quarterback with Adrian Martinez. Um, we've seen flashes of brilliance from him. Uh, of course, in his freshman season, he always has that speed. Um, we, he flashed some more speed, too, in the, in the spring game there this spring. It looks like he's got his old freshman speed back. Uh, now the question always is turnovers. Um, I think the Rutgers game last year, the season finale, really summed it up well. I think he put up 400-plus yards and uh, like an 80% completion rate, but then turned the ball over four times. 
So what should have been statistically a blowout uh, came down to a one-score game. So, But I think he puts together his most complete season so far. It's his fourth, obviously, and um, I think he'll have a sharp season. Uh, you know, some things that excite me also are the trenches on both sides of the ball. It looks like the strength and conditioning program is start, uh, you know, finally starting to show some results there for the offensive line. Um, it's now veteran. It's now uh, some star potential there, some top 100 recruits uh, like Bryce Benhart and uh, Turner Corker in there. Um, so, yeah, we'll see if they're able to establish the run. I know they want to. That's the goal. And, uh, and defensively overall, it's also a veteran unit bringing back a ton of starters. And you started to see some statistical improvements last year as well as, you know, the eyeball watching the games. You could see it was an improvement on defense and look for more of that to improve. Um, and then lastly, uh, an area for improvement, I think, is just some proven playmakers on the offensive side of the ball and at the skill positions. And they certainly might be there on the roster. It's just a matter of we haven't seen them yet in, in game action. Um, Marquis Stepp will be a great addition from USC. He was a physical back there in their, in their three-headed monster at USC. Um, you know, I heard Gabe Irvin is getting a lot of great reviews from spring. Uh, but, again, he's young, and, uh, and, and the receivers are also a, a bit newer, too. So, uh, yeah, so some, some areas there, uh, potential concern, but they can go shine, too. There's a lot of potential there. Brett Ciancia, uh, Pick 6 Previews with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Brett, really in the, in the modern college football game, it feels like uh, you can't be great unless you have a great quarterback. Uh, so I want to get back to Adrian Martinez. How do you think that Martinez stacks up to the other quarterbacks in the Big Ten this year? Well, it's, it's tough with him because we've seen every, every end of the spectrum with him. I mean, at times he looks like an all-conference caliber player. Um, you know, for certain quarters or certain halves or even a game or two. But uh, we want to see more consistency from him. And, um, you know, I want to see more vertical passing shots. So much of Nebraska's offense is uh, horizontal passes to the flats. Um, so it's really hard to see what, what he's got. So, um, But, no, I, lo- I love his potential. I love running quarterbacks, and he obviously has the foot speed. He fits right into some of the optionality of this offense uh, with the zone read and a lot of the quarterback design runs. So at his peak, he's definitely uh, in the all-conference caliber discussion. Uh, but then at times last year, we saw him, he was benched uh, or taken out of that game-winning or potential game-winning drive at the end of the Northwestern game. So, you know, it, it's, it's all over the place. I'd love to see him piece together a solid, consistent year because uh, the sky's the limit. Brett, uh, a thought here on the, the, the Big Ten East and Ohio State just reloads, kind of ballpark the rest of the division, if you could. You know, where's, where is Penn State uh, in, in reference to that gap, right? Is it Grand Canyon or is it, is it O Street, right, from their distance between Ohio State? And then I love Indiana. I, I, think, I think Coach Allen's phenomenal, but their schedule's a little bit more brutal this year. Not saying they can't replicate last season, but, man, it's, uh, we'll know a lot about Indiana after their first couple of ball games. Yeah, exactly. I think we'll starting at the top. Um, you know, many questioned when Ryan Day took over for Urban Meyer, uh, would he be able to maintain Urban Meyer's great recruiting path? And uh, not only has he maintained it, he's probably elevated it. The amount of five stars they're stockpiling, especially at the offensive skill positions, it's crazy. So I think the talent gap has actually widened between them and the Penn States and Michigans of the world. Um, so yeah, they're they're an easy pick at number one. At Penn State, you have a team that was a lot better than the record showed last year. Uh, a couple games, they were uh, statistical outliers. Like, they outgained Indiana by 300 yards and lost. They even outgained Nebraska, if you remember that game, uh, by 200 yards. So uh, it's not to take a win away from Nebraska, but just to say that I think Penn State's 
better than that four and five record showed last year. So I have that number two. Uh, number three, I do have Indiana. It was an excellent season last year, a, a historic one for them and a great story. I just don't know if they have the staying power yet. Um, and, yeah, I don't think they have the physicality of an Iowa like they play in the opener. From there, there's a couple of toss-ups uh, for fourth and fifth. The Michigan teams, I like Michigan four, Michigan State five. And if you're a Nebraska listener, obviously uh, listening in, those are winnable ball games that you want to be able to start to win uh, in the cross division. Um, kind of 50-50 games, and that'd be great to, you know, to, to surge toward bowl eligibility and get some of those. Uh, so, Brett, I want to move back to the Big Ten West, and one of the teams that's been hard to predict, at least for me, has been Northwestern. Uh, it feels like they have, you know, uh, a, a lot of success, and they'll follow it up with a with a seven and five year. Uh, they got a lot of talent on this team, but a lot of young talent on the uh, this upcoming uh, roster. How do you feel about Northwestern heading into twenty twenty one? Yeah, they're always the mystery team, of course. Um, you know, Pat Fitzgerald, I have a ton of respect for him. I actually call him the midway magician because uh, he just always pulls wins out uh, when you least expect it, um, really grinds out the most talent possible out of his roster. And uh, it's all those buzzwords that you hear that sometimes don't mean anything, like culture and fit and buy-in and all, you know, the whole bit. But, but there it does matter, and uh, you see it uh, Saturday to Saturday. But with Northwestern, they go through cycles. Um, when they're veteran, when they have an experienced quarterback, they, they're able to go up and, uh, and win a conference – or, sorry, a division title. You saw that a couple times the last couple of years. But uh, in their down cycles, they could go 3-9. and nine. And uh, right now I think they're at the down cycle where so much of that talent last year graduated. I think they're the least returning production team in, in all of Power 5, uh, them and BYU. So, you know, not much production coming back. They also lose their great defensive coordinator, Mike Hankwitz. Uh, he was a coach for 51 years in college football. So transition year for Northwestern, and I see them coming up short in a lot of close games uh, on the other end of that close margin. So I had them fifth in the West. Brett Ciancio with us here. Pick six previews at pick six previews where you follow. Brett, will get uh, some contact info from you as far as where folks can log on to, to, to get your college football preview at the end of the interview here. A thought, you've, you've looked at it stats you've looked at field position you've gone over playmakers and trends and, and analytics when you look at Nebraska's staff and coordinators coach Lubick gonna have more of a role offensively for Nebraska and uh, of course uh, coach Chenander uh, going into year four with coach Frost do you think Nebraska will will trend or tick upward they've been the new kids on the block so to speak transitioning with Scott bringing his entire staff from, uh, you know, a group of five. Now they're trying to, to kind of stabilize in a power five league. Yeah, I think especially defensively, I think you're starting to see a trend upwards. Uh, it's been a couple of years now of improvement. And not only is this the statistical improvement there, but the returning production numbers that are top 10 on defense and returning production. So, uh, and that's, it's a pretty, um, you know, it's pretty well correlated with improvements year to year. So I think the defense makes a, a big gain. Um, you know, they're starting to build depth in the trenches. There's playmakers, a linebacker. I love Jojo Doman. He's like an old, uh, a black shirt of old with the, you know, the intensity he plays with. Just a playmaker. Um, and then the secondary also, a lot of all-conference caliber players. So 
I think defense, this will be a very important year for Eric Chenander and, and the defense to really show that, uh, that that trend is for real and they can move into the top half of the conference defensively. Um, and then offensively, it's been up and down. I mean, there's, there's been some breakout games and some terrible games. It's, um, like I said at the top, I, I just think consistency would be a huge step forward. Um, and then we'll talk about uh, moving into the top 25 and, and, and stuff like that. But I want consistency from the offense. I want to see some, you know, some more vertical passing, more vertical shots, uh, maybe a consistent run game too. Because remember last year that Nebraska statistically relied more on their quarterbacks and even Wondell Robinson, the receiver. There was really no true uh, traditional running back uh, you know, running game. So get back to the roots a bit and see if you can uh, get, get something consistent there. Brett, if uh, college football fans want to check out your predictions and uh, you've been number one most accurate uh, for nine seasons consecutively, where can folks log on? Where can folks get in contact? Yeah, thanks again for having me. It's uh, pick6previews.com and at pick6previews on Twitter. Uh, it's a college football preview guide like the ones you see on newsstands. And, and like Chris mentioned, I've been named the most accurate since I launched in 2012. Uh, and it's a, it's a nice balance of film study, calling coaches, calling coordinators, you know, calling local beat writers, but then also running my numbers, too, and putting it into a readable format. So uh, pick6previews.com. We'll uh, have you on uh, during the season again, Brett. Always fun to chat. Thanks for making time for us, man. Oh, of course. Anytime. All right. Take care. Brett Ciancio with us. Pick six previews. Uh, awesome Twitter follow and uh, good stuff. Great info. There's his take and rundown on Nebraska at pick six previews. And uh, Brett knows his stuff. He's all over, man. Yeah, recently he named a Heisman voter. I'd like to, if we run him down this season, see uh, who the, the top candidates that he's got for Heisman are. This well, season. he's also picking out your All-American team. Oof. So, uh, Cam Taylor, Britt going to make a push for that for sure. The Pride of Chicago is in the on-deck circle. He's going to put his beer and stogie down from Wrigleyville. Danny Burke is next. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Back into it at Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Time for the Pride of Chicago. Danny Burke with us, Burke's Best Bets, VEASAN Sports Network, his show Rush Hour, weeknights, 6 to 7 p.m. Central, and find him on Twitter at Danny Burke 5 Pride of Chicago, how's it going, man? It's going good, Schmitty. We got some football back in action tonight, and not only that, you know, we're getting closer and closer to both college and the uh, pro football season, so it's exciting. Our busy time's coming, but uh, looking very much forward to it. I know. You can check out uh, the V's and Twitter feed and also at Danny Burke 5 and kind of get the rundown of Rush Hour each night, 6 to 7, iHeartMedia and several affiliates around the country carry Danny uh, at 6 p.m. Central. So just your, your general feel... As week one of camp done for Nebraska, I know you keep an eye on the Big Red still. And, uh, you know, it'll be here before we know it, the roadie to Illinois. But uh, what are you kind of taking away with Nebraska here? What are your hopes? What are your fears? My hopes are that we still see an improvement with this defense. So certainly that's what we saw this past year, and that's kind of the the slight hope you had with this team is that this defense is going to keep improving if they can stay healthy and get all their guys there. That's that's kind of what I'm hoping that we can bank on to be the most consistent 
for Nebraska is the defensive side of the ball to keep them in the game. Now, offensively, I still have faith in Adrian Martinez. I know there's a time last season where pretty much everyone was calling for McCaffrey to go in, and then you saw McCaffrey go in, and you're like, well, maybe we give Martinez a chance. And, you know, truthfully, I still think he is the top guy for this job and always has been. And certainly this is a year he's got to do it. Now, the thing on the concerning side for me, Schmitty, would obviously be the skill positions, right? I mean, you know, to me, I'm, I'm just really concerned with the tailbacks, the receivers, and you're more plugged in, of course, than I am with those positions. But, you know, more so from an outside perspective, I mean, obviously I'm plugged in, but not as much as I used to be or as much as you are. But, you know, do you think, I guess, there's going to be enough to suffice to help out Martinez in that side? Because not only that, obviously the offensive line needs to give him some protection, but it's seems like the offensive line will take a step forward, but I'm just, again, concerned about those skill positions. No, it's totally fair to be, I don't want to say skeptical, but, but on pause, right? Because a lot of the dudes haven't done it, and they haven't done it for a full season in the Big Ten, or it's been sporadic for whatever reason. I think you can feel good about the tight ends. I think your wide receiver group is very, very, very talented. Now, are they going to be uh, able to, to hit the ground running, or is it something that by mid mid season or end of year you're like, wow, uh, look out twenty twenty two. Not to go Cub fan on you, wait till next year, but I'm saying that's that's completely fair. I think they'll find it back. I think there's a guy on campus that can be as as good as Mills and as good as a Zigbo. They they've really just got to get him developed and ready to go now. Uh, they've got to go uh, have some positive things happen first and foremost because th- my biggest, I guess, fear is this team's confidence. Uh, my hope, if I'm wearing a big red hat, is that th- they are able to just kind of go out there and own it and play confidently despite not having a long history of success. I think their attitude's different in a good way this year. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, as far as we go back from at least me being close with the team, I mean, that's all you can hope for from Nebraska, at least more so under the Scott Frost regime, right? I mean, you're not expecting them to go out and win against Oklahoma, right? I mean, that's a game that you're expecting it to be a train wreck. But if you can have, you know, an impressive, dominant, competitive performance in terms of Nebraska keeping it close, that's all you can ask for in that type of game. Same with Ohio State, you know, in that matchup. You just want it to be competitive so you can garner at least enough respect to, again, kind of keep climbing up that ladder and get to the point where you don't have to worry about just being competitive. Then you get to the point of, okay, we're looking forward to them winning this game. You know, again, you know, the biggest thing step forward-wise for me, even more so than them keeping it close with the ranks of Ohio State and Oklahoma, Schmitty, is taking care of the inferior teams like a Michigan State, like a Northwestern, like a Purdue, and winning against Iowa at the end of the year. Those are the most important things to me, honestly, this season. No, good point. Uh, progress beat the teams you look like. Danny Burke with us, VEASAN Sports Network. His show, Rush Hour, 6 p.m. Central's at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. Danny, give me a couple of quarterbacks. You're eyeing for some NFL prop bets as we get closer to kickoff. Yeah, Schmitty, I've just been tacking on all the plays as we're getting closer to the season. I'm getting excited and I can't help myself. But I, I've gone over various amount of props throughout the show, and then I kind of went back and thought, all right, well, the number hasn't moved too much, and the more I'm talking myself into it, the more I like it. And one of those guys is, believe it or not, as a Bears fan, I'm saying this, how about Kirk Cousins? Now, at Bet Rivers, his total passing yards is 4,100 and a half over under minus 112 each way. So in three years with Minnesota, he's gone over this mark in two out of three seasons where he's played all 16 games. And as a starter overall in his career, he's gone over this mark in four out of six 
seasons in his career. So last year racked up 4,265 passing yards. 2018 had about 4,300. Now remember, he still has a very talented group around him. Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson back in his sophomore year after setting the rookie receiving record with 1,400 receiving yards. Dalvin Cook out of the backfield. This team is still going to be offensively really solid. Kirk Cousins is still going to sling it if we can hope and expect some consistency. And also, you have to consider, Schmitty, there's going to be an added game as well. So the fact that he's gone over this in two out of three seasons with Minnesota, with just 16 games, now that there's going to be another game, I absolutely love it to go over it once again. So Kirk Cousins over 4,100 and a half passing yards. And another one just sticking in the NFC Northwise. Now, this is a number that I think might move. So if you want to jump on it, do it sooner rather than later. Aaron Rodgers' interception, eight and a half. Over is a slight dog, plus 115. Under is minus 143. I'm laying the chalk here. Aaron Rodgers has only thrown nine or more interceptions just twice in his career, Schmitty. In 08, he had 13, and then uh, 2010 through 11 interceptions. Last season at five, 2019 he had four, 2018 he had two. If you go back even just overall the last five seasons uh, that he's had, he's averaging about 5.2 interceptions in the last five years. So expect Rodgers to stay under that number. He's been a lot more decisive as he's gotten older, a lot more short routes rather than kind of gambling and chucking it downfield. And I get that you can make the argument that, hey, well, what about on the contrary, there's another game, so there's another chance for him to go over. He may not even need to play in that final game if they get a hold of the NFC North, right? They, he, he may not even have to start in one of those games. So I still like Rodgers under 8.5 at about minus 143. Uh, I got plenty more, Schmitty. I don't want to run out of time, so let me know if we have any more time. Otherwise, uh, we can hit it another time, my friend. We will, uh, to be continued, that uh, we were talking earlier this week. We reached out to you about a minute here with the over-under win total for Nebraska through six. And uh, the line has been set by Mr. Danny Burke at four. Where you leaning over, you leaning under, you leaning on. It's it's so tough, Smitty, because I think Michigan State is going to be a sneaky tough matchup. Now, mm-hmm. of course, again, you talk or I talk about you know Nebraska taking advantage of inferior opponents. That's kind of your example right there. I mean, Illinois week one, I'm expecting them to win, but I'm against Michigan State. Mel Tucker could cause some mayhem in the Big Ten. I don't think Michigan State's going to be a good team overall, but I think they're going to be, you know, a competitive team. So, again, I'm going to probably guess they stick right there at 4-2 and in the first six. That's playing the safe card realistically based off expectations. It should be 5-1, and but the safe card would be 4-2 and and a push right at 4. That's why I put it there. So I'm letting the better make the difficult decision going one way or the other. Danny Burke with his pride of Chicago. Burke's best bets at Beeson uh, Sports Network. And uh, you find him on iHeartMedia and uh, around the country. Pride of Chicago, this was a ton of fun. Folks can go to your Twitter for Danny's Dimes at Danny Burke 5. My friend, uh, football's almost here. Thanks for a few minutes. Yes, sir. Can't wait, Schmitty. We'll catch up next week. Miss us? Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real thing. We're on call for you. Catch the podcast at HailVarsity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up, partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. One final time, and it is awesome every Thursday to say hi to Deb the Spa Lady, Home Innovation Spas, 20th and Highway 2 in Lincoln off Industrial Road. In Omaha, spasonline.com. Deb, have you picked me out a winner? You've got so many spas to choose from. I have definitely picked out the most popular spa 
that we sell. In fact, we've got a truckload of them, just that model for the fair ordered. So we're thinking state fair already. So we've decided what we're going to do for the fair. And, you know, it's August, so it's close enough. Let's go ahead and do state fair deals. Mm. Uh, We're excited because we missed last year. That would have been our 30th year at the state fair. So since we skipped, this is our 30th. So we're we're doing great deals. And as always, we will actually have inventory for delivery at the fair. That is the way to do it. State fair deals with Deb the Spa Lady. She'll even... Well, you'll even hold the corn dog if someone wants to jump in and try it out. Well, I sure will. And one year I told somebody, I said on the air, I said, "Let's if somebody brings me a corn dog or a cheese on a stick, special deal for you. And it actually happened. <laughs> so so that, that deal goes out again. Bring me a corn dog or a cheese on a stick. We're going to up. <laughs> we're going to up it. We're going we're gonna to say, get Deb a, a giant corn dog. And get her a cold drink. We'll just leave it at cold drink. Yeah, let's do that. And and, and there you go. And it's it's bam, state fair pricing with Deb the Spa Lady. And, of course, the showroom will be uh, exquisite out at the state fair. And your showroom in Lincoln, you got it packed in with, with just great selection, too. We do. We have all the different models so you can see what each one looks like. Pick out the one you like. We'll see what we've got coming in, and uh, we'll make a deal. We'll make it happen as soon as we possibly can get it in your backyard. Deb, the spa lady with us, Home Innovation Spas, 20th and Highway 2, spasonline.com, and off Industrial Road in Omaha. Deb, you've got the swim spa, you got the two-seater, the eight-seater, the six-seater. I mean, it's you got uh, the, uh, the the offensive lineman pick. you got the, the, uh, the swim spa choice. Football season's here. Football kicks off tonight. That's so much fun. And what are the hours for folks if they want to come see you, not only out of the state fair, but also locally in Lincoln? And of course, if they're making the trip up to Omaha. Well, our, our store hours are 10 to 6, Monday through Friday, 10 to 4 on Saturday. And you can also go to our website, spasonline.com. And really, there's so much information on our website that you'll get a pretty good view of what we can offer. Deb can't wait for it. State fair pricing right now with Deb the Spa Lady Home Innovation Spas. Deb will get caught up next week. Thanks for jumping in with us. Okay, sounds great. Thanks, Chris. All right. There she is, Deb the Spa Lady. Try it. Bring her a corn dog and a cold drink. That's a meal deal. And uh, you'll, uh, you'll be smiling about the deal. She'll provide you with uh, that spa or a hot tub you want. See, I feel like there's a great chance there to, to do some bobbing for apples in the spa. And uh, you can get yourself a deal if you can get an apple. You know, that that might work. Or just give me some floaty wings. And they have hot tubs that have uh, flat screen mounts. So I can, I can watch football and sweat one out, you know, with the old point spread. Back at it tomorrow. Coach DiNardo with us on Hale Varsity.